The MCU is coming in hot in 2022, and I've got both Liam Crowley and Matt Rumkey of TheDirect.com to join me for the 2022 MCU auction right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. I this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? What is up and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. Today on the pod, I've got the boys back on the pod. That is right. Liam Crowley and Matt Rumke of TheDirect.com are back for another MCU auction, this time for upcoming 2022 projects. Liam and Matt, welcome to the show, guys. How are you doing? We're doing well. We uh we're we're coming off a couple of days of podcasting ourselves. Uh, we moved <laughs> two episodes a week this week, and uh, so it's been a crazy week of content. And um, we've we've been very enamored with this list um over the past couple of weeks, and we're very very excited to just kind of chat about what's coming up in the greatest cinematic universe of all time. And funny enough, most of our our podcasting endeavors this past week has been on DC and Star Wars with Boba mm-hmm. Fett and Peacemaker. So. Mm-hmm. Talking Marvel here is going to be kind of refreshing, even though we always sneak in Marvel conversations on every single episode, but to dedicate a full segment to it, I'm all in. Yeah, bring you guys back to the MCU a little bit. Now, you this is your first appearance on the pod of 2022. I'm sure the first of many. You guys are good friends of the pod, and I'm so grateful to have you back. Uh, you were both here for the, for the last MCU auction that I did, and the only MCU auction to date uh, that I've done on this show. And I want to know before we dive in here, you guys remember the action? All right, do you remember how it went? How, are, you, are you pulling strategies from your previous auction into this one? How are we feeling today? I think, did I win the last auction? Wow, what a, what a just a ballsy way to, to put it right out of the gate. Liz. Well, I, I remember oh, having, I remember having just some, some heavy hitters on my roster, but at the same time, I think the reason why I might have pulled away is that you also included the dollar signs next to the picks. So yes. because I had good projects with proper uh, values next to them, more like steel values, I think that's what might have taken me away. Here, though, the fact that we only are picking three projects each and we have $1,000, I think I want to sh- uh, switch up the strategy a little bit and spend a little bit more. Yeah, so you're, what you're telling me is that it is not smart to spend $575 of your $1,000 budget on Spider-Man Far From Home strictly because of Jake Gyllenhaal. You're saying I that's a it, bad idea. <laughs> I, think it was a bold, I think it was a bold move. I'll say that. <laughs> I just I just want to congratulate Liam for winning last time. You know what I mean? You know, I think I think it's really awesome to be in the presence of the the only auction winner of 15 minutes of Marvel. You know what I mean? And uh, what's and and you're right, Liam. What is interesting about this is the three projects thing. Like, how do you budget it? We're going to really see how we value some of these top tier projects coming up. This is fascinating because on the last auction that we did, it was all Marvel. So we were able to span anything uh, previous, present, or future. And Matt, you did pick up Thor Love and Thunder and Wakanda Forever. So I find that very intriguing. We'll see how this shakes out on this episode of of the auction. Uh, Liam, you mentioned briefly the rules were only picking three uh, auction uh, picks today on the show. So I'm going to go over the rules real quick for the auction for, for new listeners of the pod, those that have not been around for a movie auction before or a project auction, rather. 
Uh, we each have a $1,000 budget. We have 30 seconds to bid. Uh, every time a new bid is placed by one of us, the 30-second timer re-kicks, and uh, we can keep the competition going. And you must acquire three Marvel projects. Now, I have a list here of 10 upcoming 2022 Marvel projects. Two of them are unconfirmed. So I want to say that right out of the gate, uh, that two of them are unconfirmed, and uh, we don't know for sure that they're coming out in 2022, rumored to be doing so, but we're going to put them on this list uh, for, for the sake of the auction, and we're going to let them be in play, and we're going to go snake draft style. So uh, I actually predetermined by a spinning wheel, I swear to God, and if anybody doesn't believe me, I, I, know, I know someone's going to have beef with this. I, I swear. Right before this, uh, a couple hours ago, I did a spinning wheel, and the order of the draft is is me, Matt, and then Liam, and we'll snake it. So it'll go Liam, Matt, and me. Uh, when it is your turn, you are basically just up to pick a pick a project and attach a dollar sign to it to get the bidding started. Three projects out of the ten. I'm gonna go over the list real quick. If I got something wrong in the list, Matt, Liam, you guys correct me. You you are are more knowledgeable than I am. You're more in the know on a lot of these things. Uh, you know, I just run a podcast over here. So I've got Moon Knight. I know that's definitely <laughs> happening. So do we. What do we do? <laughs> what the hell do we do? <laughs> I've got Moon Knight. I know Moon Knight's definitely happening. Uh, Doctor yeah. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, I Am Groot, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, What If Season 2, which is unconfirmed, and Secret Invasion, which is also unconfirmed. That list the solid list. Am I missing any projects on here? Pretty sure that's it. I am not 100% sure on I am Groot. I know it's not confirmed either way. I think it plays here, but I don't know if that's confirmed 2022 yet. James Gunn says it's coming 2022. So that's that's gonna be so fun. <laughs> I don't I don't know, but like also like I think you're right, still unconfirmed. Like even though James Gunn says it's coming 2022, it's about where it fits in the Disney Plus release slate. So sure, sure. I, I do think it is wonky a little bit, but if it's I think it has to come out before the holiday special if he's enforcing that it's a 2022 release. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, we're going with the James Gunn rule and we are going, we're adding I am Groot into this list. So that is our list. Those are the rules to the, the MCU 2022 auction. We're going to kick it off. We're just going to dive right into it. I don't want to play any head games. I know Matt will win out. Liam will get sweet talking. I just, I, I, am, I am not up to par when it comes to auctions. So I'm just going to dive in head first, play my game here. Uh, I am first on the clock. And now this is, this, is, this is interesting because what strategy do you play? Do you bring the hard hitters out first or... You try to, you know, kind of uh, ease into the auction and, and get people a little little wound up and, and get them feeling good. I am going to pull out, let's see, we're going to set a precedent here. I'm going to pull out Secret Invasion. I'm going to put Secret Invasion on the table, a rumored 2022 project with a ridiculously stacked cast. We're starting to get set photos. We're starting to understand more about it. We're getting videos here and there that are being leaked. I'm going to put a hundred bucks right on the table right now for the starting bid. Matt and Liam, it's all up to you guys. What do you think, man? You got any? I don't know. Hmm? I don't know either. <laughs> um, Secret Invasion is going to be really awesome. Secret Invasion, uh, we talk about it on our show a lot. There is a required sense of tension that I think has to come with a project like this. This is something that 
I want us all to feel uncomfortable. I want everyone to be a little itchy while watching this show. And for that reason, I think I'm going to bump it up to 150. Then I'll go 175 as Matt is talking there because if he mentions the tension aspect, I am very behind this show on the social conversation aspect specifically. I think the show for the six or however many weeks it lasts for is going to just dominate Twitter and Instagram and just social conversation. So yeah, I'm very much anticipating the show. I do have some hesitations though, because you mentioned it's a stacked cast based on what we know so far. We only hope that that cast is going to grow and grow as we get closer to the show itself. But as of right now, it seems like a pretty tight knit group of top tier Marvel agents. I'm going to go 200. You're at 175, right, Liam? I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to bump it to 200. And what I am going to say is that I, I love the cast for this, but I want to pose a question. Is this WandaVision era part two? Is this going to dominate the Disney plus cycle and discourse and Twitter discourse on the same level that WandaVision did uh, a, a year ago? I mean, that's the bar, right? You know, I really want to know. I'm we... genuinely curious. That's a real yeah. question. What we experienced through WandaVision was it was the, the reason I think no is because it was the amalgamation of a year off as well. You know, what I mean, we were all dying for content, and this was the first thing we got, and it just so happened to be a stunning you know, series that uh, allowed us all to really grab onto it and have a mystery element involved. Plus, the charisma of the characters also helped carry that. Something that's interesting with WandaVision, a lot of people that I spoke to, comic, you know, diehards. They were upset that the scope of WandaVision didn't match the scope of House of M. And if you don't mm-hmm. know, House of M is like a universe-wide situation. Of course, a Disney Plus series isn't going to cover that. Same thing here. Do not expect every single Marvel character you've ever seen to show up in Secret Invasion. But how do they, how do they MCUify that? How do they adapt that for Disney Plus? That's a really good point. I don't think I'm going to bid any more on Secret Invasion. I think $200 is a solid price tag for it. But adding on to what Matt said, I don't think WandaVision will ever be completely replicated because, as we mentioned, it's a year and a half without anything Marvel. Everyone was just so excited for it to be back that I think you slide in uh, you slide in any of the 2021 projects in that WandaVision slot and they still do maybe not as much social conversation, but something just completely special. But Secret Invasion, I think, will will be close to Loki levels in terms of Loki. We got Loki in the summer after a couple projects had already come out, but people were still enamored with it. I think secret invasion will be the exact same way. I think you're on, I think you're on a good path there. Uh, So it looks like, so I nabbed it for 200 bucks. I'm very, very happy with that grab. Uh, Olivia Coleman in the MCU. Fucking let's go. That's, that's all I can say about that. She uh, is on fire recently and I can't wait to see what she does. Matt, it is up to you. Bring something up to the bidding. We're going to go with uh, black Panther Wakanda forever is the first project I'm going to bring up. This movie, I think, is being slept on because of the off-screen conversations surrounding it. Um, obviously, there's the Letitia Wright stuff. Uh, Nipita Youngo getting COVID uh, stalled some things for a week or two as well. Uh, Winston Duke's new contract extension, I think, brought some positivity back to this film. But we all need to remember how big Black Panther was and how just massive that movie was, not only in the MCU, but also culturally around the world. Um, the loss of Chadwick Boseman obviously puts a very interesting spin on this movie, a very sad tone. But guys, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna let you know, everybody know something. We love sad stuff in the MCU. <laughs> we love it. Civil War, very sad. No Way Home, very sad. And we love that stuff. So I think the MCU handles those delicate moments really well. 
and how they handle Chadwick Boseman's death, I'm very excited to see because I think it's going to be a tribute more than anything else. And for that reason, um, I'm going to open the bidding up with $200. And I'll raise it to $225 uh, for some different reasons. Namor, man. <laughs> I'm yeah. so freaking excited for uh, Marvel to go underwater and for Atlantis to get brought in. And also mm-hmm. uh, the recent rumors of this being a prove-it game for the Submariner, where if you crush and people walk away being happy, you're going to get a franchise. When I hear franchise, I don't just hear single movie. I don't even just hear trilogy. I see a Disney Plus series. Like Talk about fleshing out an entire different sector of the Earth-based Marvel heroes immediately through six to eight episodes on a streaming service. I think it would be fantastic. We also have the rumors of if we're getting a Wakanda-Atlantis war, maybe uh, Latveria has something to do with that too. There's rumors of a Doctor Doom at least name drop in this movie. So I'm anticipating this movie for many different reasons than what Matt listed. And on top of that, freaking Ironheart is making her debut and we're getting Boston officially in the MCU. So for that reason, 225, screw it, 250 actually. Wow. Can, can you enter two bits? I mean, this That's is a- unprecedented here on 15 Minutes Marvel. <laughs> it's up to Ethan. Ethan double bid. We uh, I I set the rules. I'll allow it. Okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> two fifty for Liam. Uh, I will I will bump to two sixty here, and specifically for the reason that we have Ryan Coogler coming back to do this movie. I think is very very important. He's got Creed three coming out as well in the future, and it looks like he is going to at least be a producer on the Wakanda Forever uh, series that is coming to Disney Plus in the future. I think putting that much stock in Ryan Coogler to deliver on what is eminent to be another massive global cultural moment is, is not only a lot of pressure, but it's a lot of faith in Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige to say, we know that you can handle this. And we know that you continually have to rewrite or redo or whatever that they're going to do but they're going to get it done and it is going to continue the legacy of Black Panther that as, as of now, we only have one movie. It's already a legacy film. It's, it's already going to be something that overtakes the MCU in the next decade. And, and that Atlantis and Wakanda, that is the direction that we're heading as a universe. I love that idea. I'm going to go 275. Um, my bid. So, you know, obviously I want this movie on the docket. Um, you know, I think that along with, all of the different uh, supplementary, supplementary, I have a hard time saying that word, pieces <laughs> um, that Liam mentioned in this movie. And uh, Ethan, as you mentioned, just kind of the overall impact of the Black Panther IP. Discovering who the new Black Panther is going to be is going to be something that we're all edge of our seat about. The candidates, I talked about this on our podcast, the supporting cast for the Black Pan- Panther franchise, one of, if not the strongest supporting cast of any IP in yeah. the MCU, you know, between uh, Letitia Wright Shuri and Nipita Nyong'o's uh, Nakia and Okoye, who's an Avenger, M'Baku. Those are four amazing candidates to take over for the Black Panther mantle. And we all have different favorites. I know, Liam, you're an M'Baku guy. I want it to be Shuri. Um, and I think everybody plays in totally different ways. And um, I just, I can't wait to see what the future of this IP holds um, with, obviously, the tragedy that forced the hand of getting a new Black Panther. We get to do it all over again. And hopefully, mm-hmm. what I'm hoping is we get to meet more of Wakanda through that story. Liam, you got a bid? Or are you just going to dip? I'm thinking about <laughs> You know, I'll go 280. I'll bump it up just a little bit. Um, not much more to Keep add in terms of 
reasoning, I just keep thinking about Boston and the MCU. And I'm excited. Yeah, 285. <laughs> Look, I, I think what's so I think what is so interesting, Matt, you brought up a really good point. The culture so far, we have looked at it as such a, a bummer occurrence of like, ah, this is not going the way that we wanted it to, right? The loss of Chadwick really forces the hand to move forward in a direction that wasn't planned. It's very interesting and an interesting thought and conversation to look at it as a massive opportunity to say like, cool, let's just run it back. Like, let's just have another story. We'll just do it again. We'll get, we'll, we'll go in the same vein and we will not erase what has already been done, but we will continue to build on that to, to grow the legacy that is Black Panther um, within the MCU and within, within the broad culture of movies. Real question, is this going to be the second Oscar-nominated Best Picture film for Marvel Studios? Eternals was the hopeful with Chloe Zhao. That definitely didn't work out. Can it happen again with Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, because Black Panther was the first and the only? I'm going to say no, um, specifically because this seems like it's going to be a big world-building movie, a la Mm -hmm. Civil War, Age of Ultron. And Black Panther, I think the reason why it did get nominated was because it does kind of stand on its own. You know, it's clear that it's involved in the MCU. Uh, We have Claw coming back from Age of Ultron in it. Um, We have everything going on with the United Nations later on, but it still is a standalone kind of one-off story. Um, I'd be be very surprised if this gets uh, an Oscar bid, but I wouldn't be disappointed. Neither would I. I don't think it's going to happen, though. No, I think I think that this one is not as small scale. And what happens with the Oscar bid in comic book movies is as soon as you get out of the realm of just a good action movie, people look at it as a comic book movie Mm -hmm. and they just don't like that for whatever reason. Sure. Okay. here's where we're at. Liam, you've got 280 on the board right now. Is that correct? Matt's got 280. 285. I'm I'm out of the conversation because I'm too. Uh, I'm too pansy to to kind of vamp other people's Pansies. bids up here. I can't. It won't be done. I can't. It's a high risk situation when we only have three three slots here. Uh, Matt, it's going to you for for two eighty five. You get Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, nice job, Liam. Thanks. Bring it to the board. What's the next project? This this is where it gets a little tough here because I don't know if I want to you know be in a position to where I'm going to be big spending, but you guys also do have uh, a, a lot of cash on your hands so you can easily outbid me on just about anything that I'd want to bring to the table. But because I have back-to-back picks, I'll start small first. I'll oh. go Moon Knight. Moon Knight, uh, easily my most anticipated series of this year, strictly because Secret Invasion is still unconfirmed for 2022. I love the idea of a character study within the MCU, and I specifically love the idea of a character study played by Oscar Isaac the man who balances just, you know, uh, charisma and also just manic uh, explosions uh, in any film he's in. Specifically, I point to Ex Machina. I'll start the bidding with this one at $125. Mm, I I thought you were going to go the other way. I thought you were going to be like, I'm bringing Moon Knight to the board and we're going 350 out of the game. (laughs) And I was like, Liam, let's play. Let's play ball. Uh, What did you got? You got 150, you said? 125. 125K. I'm going to, I'm going to bump to 225. I, uh, it is no, no surprise to listeners of this pod or people that follow me on Twitter. Moon Knight is my most anticipated project bar none of 2022. I think it is an incredible direction for Marvel studios to be going, especially with Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke going down this very kind of dark route where we get a nice personal case study of someone that is not all there. It is the closest thing that we may 
we may ever get. I don't want to speak here uh, for, for what the future of the MCU holds, because as we know, anything is possible. It is possibly the closest we're ever going to get to a David Fincher-esque style movie, show, project, tone, storyline, anything in that realm. And uh, I, I watched First Reformed last night. That's got Ethan Hawke, a very interesting uh, horror thriller. And that movie cemented my, my thought as Ethan Hawke being incredible in this show. 225 for me. I think the thing about Moon Knight is, um, you know, I talked about this a lot uh, leading up to Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi was the first MCU movie where we met a new character without that character being teased in any sort of way since Doctor Strange. I mean, I'm sorry, since Ant-Man. So it had been six years since we very organically met a new character. No post credit scene, no mention beforehand, all that stuff. Moon Knight is, you know, I think the next iteration of that outside of the Eternals. Um, and this is the first time we get to meet a new character on Disney plus six mm-hmm. episodes. We get to spend a lot of time meeting a new character. Marvel does origin stories so well. Iron Man changed the game because it was such a different, unique and uh, very specific style of origin story to get that over six, at least six hours of content. Sign me up. And, uh, you know, when, when you have the mystery within not just the overall narrative of the show, but the character also has a mystery that he needs to solve. I think that's something that's always enticing. And also, Poe Dameron in the MCU? Come on. <laughs> Come on. You can't beat it. Gotta have the crossover. I love that. Are you, are are you tossing up a bid? And not, sir. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm going to go 250. Um, for everything that's already been said, uh, I echo all of it, but Matt said something that really caught my eye, um, specifically because uh, of the mystery within uh, our title character himself. Mm-hmm. Like, getting to have a WandaVision-esque story unravel where our main characters are just as clueless as we are, at least in the context of the episodes that we're getting at the beginning. So I'll go 250. I want 260. I'm not going to vamp. I'm just going to say 260. We're in the tens now. I'll go 275. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't even <laughs> go higher than that. <laughs> Look, I don't do very many auctions, so it's up to me to test out more, more, you know, more personal strategies here. I got to figure out what's, uh, what works. I'll go 300. I can guarantee you, all three of us, this is our second auction we've ever done. Oh, (laughs) all the same skill level here. I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go 300. And I think the poster goes fucking hard. That's my reason for 300. That poster is ridiculous. We're not talking about the action in this show a lot. It's got Batman qualities to it, for sure. It's got got some Dark Knight vibes at the end of the trailer there. Mm -hmm. Just beating the hell out of somebody get him lame i'll go i'll go 315 uh for ethan hawk dr arthur harrow looking like some david koresh like cult leader so intriguing uh for what will likely be a one-off villain sign me up yeah 325 i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep the game going here in the in the small increments i am excited to see how oscar isaac and ethan hawk work together on screen I'm excited to see two massive stars and what they can do for a brand new Marvel IP that is far more mature than anything that we have seen yet. I think this is the first stab. I think Eternals was really the first stab, but I think so. I think this is the second stab at Marvel Studios saying, let's get very specific people that are very niche market and we will garner more audience members 
because they know who these people are. They might not know Marvel. They definitely don't know Moon Knight, but they're going to watch regardless. 325. I'll go 330 because of the social conversation so after the that's trailer. a low blow five dollars right. is a low blow i know i know but i i see you only inching up just a little bit so i'm like i'm i'm uh uh shrinking shrinking is that a word shrinking, shrinking, like, shrinking specifically because after the trailer dropped uh on twitter everyone was saying you know what what iteration of moon knight should i read can anyone point me to some good graphic mm. novels i've never seen that before never seen that in the 14 years of marvel studios history no one says oh, I'm so interested in this character we know nothing about and there's no movies to go and watch. Rather than wait till March 30th, I want to go and read about them. That's so dope. I go, I go 350 because I'm looking at IMDb and these, these photo stills give me jack to the tits over here. Can't handle jack it. Jack to the tits, ladies and gentlemen. Jack to the tits! <laughs> I'm going 375 because um, yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking at the the rest of the roster we got for 2022, and the more I think about it, like Moon Knight is either my one or two pick, and not having uh, that project on my roster, I feel like I'm settling a little bit. So I'm willing to spend a little dough here, 375. All right, Matt, how are you feeling being left out of this banter, this good auction banter here? I mean, I've contributed plenty to the mood back conversation, <laughs> but it's just uh, for me personally, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm hyper excited about Moon Knight. Don't get me wrong. Um, there is another Disney plus show in secret invasion that I'm a little more excited about. Um, so, you know, like getting my second Disney plus show for this price where we're at at this point, um, it's just not something I'm itching for, but another thing about Moon Knight, you know, you know, big graphic guy, it's all about the vote. It's all about the poll. It's the next thing. So mm. I think that that holds a lot of weight in a lot of people's minds right now. And um, I, I just can't wait for this show to introduce another corner of the MCU as well. You know, the, the whole supernatural side of the MCU is really going to start ramping up here after we already have gotten two characters introduced. I, I want it for four. I want 400. Is six episodes enough? Is six episodes enough to tackle the expansive expansive not issues but storytelling that we're going to be doing with this character and with this story and project in of itself it looks like we're going to be introducing werewolf by night we're going to be getting uh, a rumored halloween project for that we have left that off of this auction uh because there's very few details about that uh and it's it seems like a, a one-off but it seems like a very expansive uh reach for the stars story and I am a little concerned. I think they can do it in six episodes with the dark tone, but a real question, a real ponderance of is six episodes enough. It was enough for Loki. Yeah. It was enough for Falcon Winter Soldier. It was in never my, enough for Falcon Winter Soldier. Opinion, in my opinion. <laughs> Couldn't well, be done. WandaVision could, got eight, which I, think was an which, which I think was an interesting precedent to start yeah. to get eight right out of the gate. And you could even say the eighth kind of, kind of, uh, drops the bag a little bit being so cgi heavy and, and reverting back to that marvel formula of let's get a big fight let's get a big battle it'll be interesting Liam? i think that I, I think i think you got it for 400 i, I got other projects i want to spend money on and <laughs> I, I don't want to get too to spend thrift here okay well i'll consider my job done i got i got moon knight and i'm i'm pretty happy with that Liam, you're back. It's snake style. Bring something else up to the board. Yeah, we're going to go Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. It's the one everyone's been, <laughs> been waiting to see. I know everyone has had it on the tip of their tongue before they nominate a project. 
I'll start the bidding at $400. This is a big one. That's a heavy hitter. Wowzers. This is, this is the Civil War of Phase 4 in the sense that it's basically an Avengers movie, for being completely honest. I'm sure Doctor Strange will be the lead among the other ensemble players, but it's going to feel like an ensemble film, I feel like, by the end. And just the rumblings I'm hearing, the insiders who have information that they don't even want to share with the public, and they just keep saying the word game changer. And game changer doesn't mean nothing in the MCU 400. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna come in for I'm gonna come in at 450 and take Ethan out of this one. Um, it's spit <laughs> me out real quick. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know that Liam did that. <laughs> <laughs> Liam took you out of this. Um, Mad respect. I, so I mean, starting at four, I I think it's an appropriate place to start. That's the thing. Like, um, this is the next Spider-Man No Way Home, right? Because Obviously, all the buildup to Spider-Man No Way Home was so much different kinds of anticipation. But at the core of all of it, we all just wanted to see what the thing was going to be, how they were going to do the thing. And and I think what makes Multiverse of Madness just a star-studded, you know, high-impact project here is that we not only get to see how they do the thing, we're getting answers to the thing. We, we talked about it, episode uh, six, five, episode five of WandaVision. When Evan Peters shows up, the multiverse has officially opened in the MCU. Fake out. Loki, we got to see what the multiverse means to non-Earth people. But, you know, we not a lot of resolve. More questions than answers, right? And then in No Way Home, we got to see it actually play um, like we saw in What If. And Multiverse of Madness is the resolution of all the madness of the multiverse. So um, I think that this project, if nothing else, is going to kind of set the course of the multiverse saga. Um, in a way that we haven't seen yet. I'll go 500 on this one. Uh, I'm very concerned, as I mentioned on the latest episode of the Direct Podcast that we just released. Time of recording today, it'll be a, a couple weeks old when you're hearing this, but I mentioned how I was super concerned about all the different variant aspects of, you know, once you open Pandora's box of the multiverse, it's going to be very hard to shut it. And I'll, I'll, there's going to be a lot of logic flaws that I think could come with this movie. But at the same time, the most intriguing storyline for me right now in the MCU uh, across cosmic, across earthbound, across magical and mystical is the multiverse conundrum. Uh, what's going on with Kang? The storyline that's kind of fizzled through WandaVision, through Loki, through No Way Home, and now is seemingly culminating in Multiverse of Madness. And I'm sure this movie is only going to be a stepping stone to whatever we get next. For that reason, I'm going 500. Yeah, I'm going to go 525. Um, I think that the interesting thing with um, Multiverse of Madness is I kind of hope Kang's not a big part of it at all. I hope he's post credit scene. I hope this is our Thanos turning around, smiling moment for mm. the Multiverse Saga with Kang. Uh, you know, we'll get the pop. You know, wait till you meet my variants, all that different stuff. So um, Multiverse of Madness, I think, is going to have a lot of the WandaVision issues where people there are there's a large section of people on the internet and i know this because they yell at me um that don't like wandavision simply because dr strange and reed richards were not like how can you like wandavision we didn't even get reed richards. crazy that's our fault for speculating uh reed richards as much as aerospace engineer i understand but um i think that it's just we're gonna have people after multiverse of madness who are well, Kang wasn't in it, so what's the point? The point is our second, second Doctor Strange movie ever. Like, Doctor Strange's origin movie was five years. Six, five, and five and a half. Five and a half years ago. Thank you. 
five and a half years ago was our Doctor Strange origin story. Now we get the follow-up. Like this is going to be, I think this is going to be a Captain America Winter Soldier type of rise between origin and sequel where, you know, we've established this character so much since the origin. It's, it's beyond hitting the ground running. It's starting, it's starting the game on second stage. And I think that that's an advantage. No other project on this board has. Yeah. Give me 600. I want this one. <laughs> I, I, I want this one for a lot of different reasons, but specifically because I've become very fond of the character of Stephen Strange since uh, Infinity War and Endgame. I thought his origin story kind of left uh, some bits to be desired, but I thought he showed up to play in Infinity War. He starred opposite Robert Downey Jr. in just about every single scene he was in and held his own. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch is no joke as a thespian, but in terms of the MCU, that's RDJ's world, and he was able to hold his own. Now he goes forward, and I think Doctor Strange could cement himself as the next face of the MCU in this movie. I mean, it's big shoes to fill, don't get me wrong, but if he balls out, I think he has a good shot. So 600 for me. You're close to pricing Matt out. I'll be honest with you. Things are getting tight. No, I mean, I, you know, I'll, go, I'll go 625. I like, you know, again, I want this one too. The thing is about Doctor Strange working off uh, Robert Downey Jr., that's been a criticism for the character. Like, oh, this is just Tony Stark again. And I think there's so many nuances to the type of character Doctor Strange has been in the MCU so far. What? How many appearances? One, two, three, four, five. Five appearances in the MCU already. And it's it's a character that we know very little about. We know frighteningly little. Um, and I think that you know you match that with just the overall aesthetic of this movie that we're gonna get. Not to mention the cameo potential, the new characters. And, you know, I can't believe I haven't brought it up yet. Wanda Maximoff returns to the MCU um, in Multiverse of Madness. You, we talked about WandaVision being the, the epic that it was to get that character back. And I think we get the finality of her heel turn here, and I just can't wait for it. Yeah, give me 650. No elaboration. Just want this one. <laughs> it's all the elaboration you need. I just want it. <laughs> I just want it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, six seventy five. This is uncharted territory here for auction. This is bananas. We'll go six eighty. We're only gonna bump it up just a little. Six eighty five. Go six eighty seven. Six eighty seven, Liam, you dog. (laughs) This guy. No, six ninety. Like you know, what's three bucks, right? Now we'll go. We'll go seven hundred. Okay, seven ten. 714. 715. <laughs> no, I think so, Matt. I think you're bit out. You got 715 left. Yeah. So 715. But you, but you need to fill a third slot or you're or you're DQ'd from the from the auction. No zero dollar bids? My okay. No, you gotta have a one dollar bid at least. There you go, Liam. Congrats. <laughs> How about that? Got it with my birthday numbers. Who would have thought? Nice. <laughs> I'm taking, I, I will say I'm stealing that rule from the big picture. Shout out the ringer for their 2022 uh, movie auction uh, and Chris Ryan doing the same thing. So uh, it looks like Liam is taking multiverse of madness at seven fifteen at seven fourteen. excuse me. A um, dollar is a, is a big difference in, in Matt's case here. Um, <clears throat> what I think is so interesting about this movie and, and I, I've mentioned it before I am super hesitant. Liam, you mentioned Game Changer, and we have had 
two, at, at, a, at a minimum, we've had two Game Changer movies. We've had uh, Endgame, we've had Spider-Man No Way Home. Those realigned what we were doing in the MCU and what was possible. I trust the Game Changer aspect of things. What makes me the most nervous about this film is the unprecedented rumors of cameos. Now, this could very well be a Michael Scott situation of let's just put out a bunch of false shit and whatever happens, happens. And maybe some of it's true. Maybe most of it's not. You'll have to go to the movies and find out. I think another uh, looking at this movie from outside of Marvel, outside of the MCU universe that we are in, you could potentially have Benedict Cumberbatch being at least an Oscar nominated, if not an Oscar winning lead actor and in a best picture film two months before this movie comes out with the Oscars, with his role in, in the power of the dog, that could be huge in terms of getting people to the movie theater, come see Oscar winning or Oscar nominated Benedict Cumberbatch in this incredible comic book movie. So I think there's a lot of very fascinating aspects. $714 is, is warranted for sure. Uh, Matt, bring something to the auction table. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. We're going to go Thor 11 Thunder, you know, our last movie off the board here. Um, I think that this is the first ever fourth installment of a project in the MCU outside of Avengers. No character has ever gotten a fourth movie. And, you know, we all know why Thor is getting a fourth movie is because the, the, the tonal reboot between two and three, you know, set this character off on a course that needs more than one movie to finish up here. But, you know, much like with Black Panther, we need to remember how much everyone loves Thor Ragnarok, especially in the moment that it came out. Like this was something different. This was something new. When we all saw Gar- when we all saw Guardians be the first true MCU comedy, it-, it was different because you know these are characters we don't know. Maybe this is just how these characters are. We've seen the stark contrast between the melodramatic, uh, you know. Um, the, the sins of the not sins of the father, I guess, want to make his father proud, Thor and Dark World, and also Thor in 2011. And we've seen how comedic that character can also be. What, what's so interesting to me is the backup Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War. Infinity War might be the best Chris Hemsworth performance we've got, right? But Thor Ragnarok is the one that kind of redefined the character. I think if you bring all that experience and all that knowledge we have in the back of our head along with the wildness of this story i think what we're going to get here is a great combination of all the lessons we've learned of the thor character and the thor franchise coming together in the weirdest most out there rainbow bridge thor movie we've gotten like like we thought ragnarok was weird get ready for something crazy and i think it's going to work tonally in an amazing way because we've learned so much of the pros and cons of what you can do with this character so I'll open it up at 250. 250 solid. I am definitely hyped for Thor Love and Thunder, and there is a, a specific reason for that. This is the first time Christian Bale is coming back to a comic book movie in a decade, in 10 years. The Dark Knight Rises came out in 2012, and he has not been back to a comic book film since. He has made some, some hits and some misses in, in between that, but I think it'll be fascinating to see him back in this realm with a different production company, with a different universe and a very different role from what a Batman was, I am going to go 275. 
and I think I'm not, I'm not out, out, but I want to save some of my money. So <laughs> I'll just wax poetic on this movie without giving a bid to it. I think this is going to be a very fun installment. Um, I'm a lot more open to Love and Thunder than I was to Ragnarok because this has been tried and true um, the entire marketing run ever since it was announced at San Diego Comic-Con in 2019. It's been the exact same movie up until when we eventually do get it in July. I'm just holding out hope for uh, Beta Ray Bill. I'd be shocked if we don't get Beta Ray Bill in this movie, four attempts uh, of a Thor movie and not a single time we get Beta Ray Bill. I would expect that that horse-faced Stormbreaker wielding um, as guardian or whatever race he is to to show up. Um, where's your bid at, Ethan? Two seventy five right now. Okay, I'll go three hundred. Um, I think that another thing about Thor: Love and Thunder, MCU Cosmic is primed for a takeoff right now. The Marvels, Thor: Love and Thunder, Eternals. Now, what's happening there? Um, and all those different aspects coming in. Plus, we get a little Guardians action here. MCU Cosmic, I think, is going to be. I think this will be the Avengers 2012 of that branch of the MCU. And, you know, as everything leads towards Secret Wars, MCU Cosmic is an incredibly important branch to kind of really define and build a roster. And I think Thor Love and Thunder is where it starts. So 300. I'll go at 325. Russell Crowe as Zeus. I mean, Russell Crowe is in this film and nobody is even talking about it. I think it's so incredible when you pull the veil back and you look at the MCU, I just recorded a, an, an episode with someone about characters we want to see in the MCU. The pickings are slim out there because people want to be in the MCU. And Russell Crowe is going to be in the MCU. Let's go. Uh, 325 yeah. for me. Pretty rad. Uh, 350. going to go until I bid you out. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna ruin all the drama here man just well i mean the thing is man, and also the way he's the way he said it like because he knows he so you know, <laughs> i was trying to play the game i was trying no to, no no i didn't, I didn't I was mean to, to do that. The sleep a little bit and then pounce and like let you forget no no okay so i'll change my bid to 400 just to you know <laughs> I, I i i don't want to cut short it's bad podcasting but I, what's content. so awesome about this movie in a different way that we haven't talked about, and I think this kind of leans toward me just stopping this right here and getting it at 400. Think about how little we know about Thor Love and Thunder. We know Natalie Portman's coming back. We know that uh, Christian Bale's playing Gore God Butcher and, you know, the Russell Crowe thing. Other than that, like the story, like what's happening to Thor Odinson is so unknown. And that I really like that about every movie on this slate. Like, you know, Moon Knight's the only one with a trailer. Well, Multiverse of Madness as well. There's so much unknown about every project in 2022, and I cannot wait to find out because, you know, I talk about it with Peacemaker. We're going to laugh. We're going to love the visuals. And, you know, we're going to have those moments. And then I assume, much like in Ragnarok, we're going to get hit in the face with some low-key emotional moments that, you know, we did not see coming. And um, I'm excited to see what those are. And, also, again, we love sad stuff, guys. This could be the end of the Thor character, and that's something that I don't think we're all ready for, but I, I assume Marvel's going to handle it really well. Also, real quick, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy are in this movie. We didn't know that whatsoever. <laughs> What's that? What? Come again? Yeah, right? I've heard of them. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to strategize. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to strategize here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bid five ninety nine. I don't, I don't think you can. I can bid five ninety nine. I have six hundred left. If I bid five ninety nine, Matt, you've got to bid six hundred to bid me out. 
correct? I I have you at 400. God, why is my math so wrong? What am I doing? I'm I, looking I have, at my. I'm literally looking at how many dollars I have left, and I and I am incorrect. So then I will bid three ninety nine, and you bid. You already bid me out at four hundred. Perfect, great. I just replayed the entire last five minutes <laughs> in my head. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I a hundred percent could be wrong. I had you down at four hundred though. Nope, you are definitely definitely correct. Uh, okay, so that means that Matt, you get it at four hundred. I was really hoping to nab a movie because now I am only going to have Disney Plus specials. And, uh, and that's, that's a tough go, tough beat. Okay. It comes back to me and I am going to go, let's see, I'm going to put something on the board that I'm, I'm semi excited for, cause this is where the, the auction gets, gets interesting, uh, because we kind of have these top tier and then we have a lower tier, lower tier of, of projects coming down the pipeline. I am going to go with She-Hulk. I'm going to I'm going to bring She-Hulk to the board for 100 bucks and I think a courtroom comedy is going to be funny. I think it's going to be something new and I am excited for an MCU Disney Plus show that is 25 minutes long. I think that is what we have been missing. Hmm. That's interesting. I uh uh what I'm most excited about with She-Hulk is bringing the Hulk universe back to the MCU. Obviously with uh, picture rights and studio situations we weren't able to really flesh out a lot of different Hulk storylines from the comics. We got our version of Planet Hulk. Um, we got our version of a few different things. Um, but I think that you can tell a lot of Hulk stories through the eyes of She-Hulk. Also, Hulk is the Avengers guy. Liam, you mentioned it yesterday. Uh, you know, like the the Avengers movies are Hulk's movies. It's not. It's it's kind of like he's, the, he's an Avengers attraction. Is what exactly I exactly yeah he. Like it's not Avengers movies or Hulk movies, but Hulk movies are always Avengers movies. And I think that uh, the story they were able to tell through Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame was really awesome. But we're gonna get Bruce back. Like you know, we know he's coming back. So having another Hulk in the universe to not only play off Bruce Banner and all those different things, but the Avengers side of things. I think She-Hulk could be a real opportunity for the Avengers stuff to really kick up. She has been a part of so many factions in comics, not just the Avengers, Fantastic Four, and other things like that. So um, I just I, I can't wait to see how they play it. Um, the animation is going to be kind of the biggest criticism going in, right? Yeah, I have to imagine so. CGI is going to be crucial. Going to be yeah. tough. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to bid with you here, but um, I think that She Hulk is something that again we know so little about, but it's a character I cannot wait to see in this universe. I think. The character of She-Hulk, at least the one I know from the comics, fits so well in the MCU. So I'm excited to see that happen. I'll go 125, uh, specifically for the rumor that came out recently about potentially uh, Bruce Banner having a pretty sizable role at the end of this show, too, and having him be some sort of connective tissue to a larger story uh, branching out of She-Hulk. I think that's really interesting. I'm not 100% sold on Jennifer Walters, the character. I'm most excited for the supporting cast, that being... Tim Roth returning, Mark Ruffalo returning, etc. Um, but still, I'm I'm looking forward to falling in love with this character because just about every MCU new player, it seems that we absolutely adore them by their season or movies. And so, yeah, I'll go 125. I like that. I like that bid. I think it's fascinating that today it came out that Tim Roth is going to be in his human form as well. So we will see him as Emil Blonsky and not just Abomination. So that adds- I know that. That adds another little wrinkle. That adds another little wrinkle to 
this storyline of how do we how do we go how do we transition back and forth between Hulk status and and human status? Um, I'm gonna bid. I'm gonna bid two eighty seven and bid Liam out of this one. Uh, Matt, are you still out? Yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna grab okay. it here at two eighty seven. Um, I'm I'm ex I'm excited and something else that I think not a lot of people know about She Hulk. She's very much comedic character in a lot of ways, but just like I just said with Thor Love and Thunder, like I've said with Peacemaker, like I've said with everything James Gunn's ever done, when you have a comedic character that works and you can surprise us with depth and drama, that is always one of my favorite things because it adds such a well-rounded uh, third dimension to any show I'm watching, and uh, I'm excited for She-Hulk to do that. I'm fascinated at the fact that I surrendered $313. So I'm going to eventually put in a rule that says I can bankroll over to our next auction because I feel like I should be rewarded Ooh. for my thriftiness. Um, we, we, won't, we won't do that this time because uh, I feel like rules on the fly, not good for an auction. But keep it in mind for the next time, boys. That's I think that could be fascinating very fascinating. Um, that uh, kind of, that, that rules me out. I filled my three slots. So I'm going to mm -hmm. forego my, uh, yeah. my pick to the board here for, uh, I believe it is Matt. That would be next. And you, you have one slot to fill. Liam, you got two. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, what I'm going to do here and, you know, the, the, the debate back and forth, uh, I, I still want to have, I want to have conversations about this stuff, but I'm just going to take a pick here if that's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to lock this in. Um, so I'm going to get Miss Marvel at 315. Um, Miss um, Marvel, I think is a character that everyone has been so excited to see in the MCU for so long, right? There's been such a want for this amazing character from the comics that people have really fallen in love with over recent years but um i think people were turned off because of the power change aspect of it and people are really worried about that but i have two things to say about that one we just saw with spider-man no way home that you never know how long somebody's origin story is going to be her green lantern like uh, more armor creating a structure of power magic compared to the stretchy thing um you know that i i think that there's a really awesome opportunity to transform that uh more constructive power into a stretchy like thing and i think that there's a lot of different things that we can do here that makes this character interesting people are upset because a big fact of the miss marvel character is that she transforms herself into captain marvel because she doesn't you know she doesn't like how she feels about herself we can still tell that story without having her transform into Brie Larson. I think it's unreasonable to think that you have to have her transform into Brie Larson to tell the story of being uncomfortable with who you are. And the, my second point here is they do young people so well in the MCU. Look at what we got with Spider-Man. Look at what we've gotten with Cassie Lang. Look at what we've gotten with Kate Bishop. The, the young person charisma in the MCU has never missed for me. And Miss Marvel is, I think is only going to add another legendary character into that uh, bucket, which gets me really excited for X-Men, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a big name. I think it's a big character. I'm excited to see what happens. Also the tie-ins to the Marvels. I talked about MCU cosmic really ramping up. Yep. This is going to get the ball rolling toward the, the Captain Marvel sequel. We'll get Brie Larson back. We'll get Tiana Paris back. Tiana Paris could be in this show which is something that I think we're all going to be really excited about. Um, so yeah, Miss Marvel, I'm going to just put her on my team real quick. 
I wouldn't I would not be surprised if if the stinger to episode six of Miss Marvel is a soft tie in to the Marvels or a soft yeah. kind of preview of the Marvels. I think that would be a, a clutch play and, and something really exciting. So this is a, a very fascinating point we've reached in the MCU auction here, Liam. You've got two hundred and eighty six dollars left. You've got two projects you gotta pick out of the remaining three. We've got our slots filled, so it's your pick of the litter, man. Have what you want. If I know Liam, he's not excited to make these two picks. Correct. I'm not. <laughs> we did it, uh, Matt. We'll, we did it. Yeah. We'll be taking we'll be taking the Guardians holiday special for Hell yeah. Uh, I am actually looking forward to the holiday special because I really don't know what to expect. But the fact is we're getting an MCU franchise on Disney Plus for a one-off fun episode that I'm sure will have some big implications in it somehow. I'm pretty sure, not pretty sure, but I think there's a soft chance we get Adam Warlock introduced in this special. Or or at (laughs) at least I would bet, I would bet the house we get the cocoon. I don't know if we see Will Poulter in the flesh, but I bet we get the cocoon that, in that this one-off like, special. That sounds like a little vamp to make you think that your pick is better than it is, Liam. It absolutely is. What we got? What we got here? One thing I want to say about Guardians, Liam. What is the best part of every Guardians movie? Uh, the soundtrack, and yes, I I brought this up to you on the podcast, I believe. James Gunn doing a 70s, 80s Christmas theme soundtrack. Um, uh, I, gonna I, fucking I think slap. that I, I appreciate you pushing that analysis <laughs> in my face to make me Dude. feel a little less worse about my, <laughs> my final two picks. Um, so yeah, Guardians at 186. And then I got $100 left to spend. And it's between I Am Groot and What If. And you know me, the biggest animated fan in the world. Just love the cartoons. Um, <laughs> between the two, Thanks, I guess. Anna. I Not guess I'll team, go. man. <laughs> I guess I'll go what if um, because of the limitless possibilities. I was not the biggest fan of season one, but I did like a lot of uh, individual episodes. So there were a couple that I think are worthwhile in revisiting. And in terms of where they can go in season two, who knows? You know, uh, I, I'm kind of taking a gamble here. $100 isn't too much to spend. It's the cheapest project on our roster so far in this auction. No one has gotten a project for this cheap. So I think for the the monetary value, I think what if season two rounds out my team uh, fairly satisfactory, very top heavy over here with team Liam. <laughs> I am group being the only one left. Only project left on the board is exactly how I thought this, this would go uh, real quick to summarize before we get out of here, Matt, you've got black Panther Wakanda forever for two eighty five, Thor love and thunder for 400 and miss Marvel for three fifteen. easily the, uh, the most well-spread dollar usage on the auction auction here. Liam, you've got Multiverse of Madness for 714, Guardians Holiday Special for 186, and What If Season 2 for 100. I picked up Secret Invasion for 200, Moon Knight for 400, and She-Hulk for 287, leaving $313 on the board. Uh so very very interesting, uh very very wild here. Uh Matt, Liam, I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast, joining me for the second ever mcu auction we're going to take this to a vote on twitter no doubt i'm very curious to see who is going to pull away with you with the twitter masses and and get the win here uh thanks so much for being here liam uh if people want to find more of you where can they do it well you can find me on all socials at liam t crowley and if you want to hear my voice more often you can find the direct podcast wherever you download your podcast apple spotify google you name it every 
Wednesday and Friday. Um, we're not mm. sure how long those Wednesday episodes will be lasting because by the time you hear this, Peacemaker might be over. But uh, just keep a lookout. So uh, if you're if you're subscribed, you put the notification bell on. You'll know when new episodes come out. And Matt, what about you? Where can people find you at? Uh, find me on Twitter uh, at Matt Remke, R-O-E-M-B as a boy, K-E. And um, just like Liam said, make sure to check out the direct podcast. And uh, we'd love for um, any one of Ethan's uh, fans to be a part of our fandom as well. Uh, you know, Ethan, you got a great podcast here. You got a great product. You got a great community. And I think we should merge that all together. You know, all one team here. So um, if you do head over to the direct podcast, make sure to drop a five-star Apple review. and We will get your questions on the pod. I appreciate the kind words. Looks like you guys stole a little bit of my thunder going the Wednesday, Friday. So, you know, you learn from the best. And, uh, and that's all I can say about that. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, and look, yeah, if 15 minutes Marvel is not enough, if it doesn't cut it for you, if the 15 to 20 minutes is just not enough information, Liam and Matt do a, a stellar job over at the direct. Uh, pushing, pushing two and a half sometimes, pushing three hours so they get you all the content that you need in a nice lengthy fashion. And, and I appreciate that. Uh, what would you have nabbed in this 2022 MCU auction? Let me know on Twitter at 15 minute Marvel. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on any major podcast platform. A huge shout out to the patrons of the show. Brandon Clark, Hazir Shakib, Reagan Knapp, Alan Cole Peacock, Ben Lawhorn, Corelia Christina, and Mike Zego. Thank you all so much for your support. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster. Oh!